0: Greetings in Jesus' name. Are you well in the house today? If you are, kindly just uh, stretch a hand to your neighbor and tell them, Karibu sana. Uh, Yes. Today we are talking about neighbors. So, um, there's going to be a lot of neighbor-neighbor. Neighborliness. And uh, how we want to move. This uh, series we've been focused on maximizing our time on earth This time that uh, the Lord has given us Which is limited and very fleeting It is here today and gone tomorrow uh, Our lives, are, 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 the Bible says, like a puff of smoke We are present one day, the next day we are absent And in the presence of the Lord And it's so quick, our time on earth here That we cannot keep dilly-dallying Or waiting endlessly for things to happen When really we are the ones Who need to make a move Or make things happen Many a time we Find ourselves in circumstances uh, Where we are sitting Waiting for something or somebody To do a thing Too long we have been praying And waiting for God To use somebody To become the spark That is needed in our lives To change our situation and to change our circumstances And I know that story is not only mine But it is ours here That many of us are waiting We are observing life from the sidelines Waiting for something to actually happen To something to unfold We are keeping our distance and uh, maintaining safety We don't want to take risks We don't want to get involved We don't want to get our hands dirty But yet we want to see something progress in our lives Last week we talked about this That the battle is not to the strong But instead is for those who dare Those who step out of the shadows Those who who come up and seize it And take it by the scruff of the neck To the glory of God You see in every moment of time There is an opportunity There is a chance That you and I can take advantage of All we need to do is just open our eyes of faith and see that opportunity Which is embedded in the fabric of us Of the circumstances of our lives There always is an opportunity Last week we saw that there was two men And we saw how two men with a single sword Were able to defeat a mighty army of 30,000 uh, 30,000 chariots, 6,000 horsemen And a multitude an innumerable of footmen Two men We are able to do it as individuals We are able to do great things Because the race is not to the swift Not even the battle To the strong There is tremendous potential Inside every person In this room If I can just ask you to look at your neighbor And observe potential Look at potential Pouring out of their ears right now Potential It is full and it is brimming It is brimming. Some people cannot even stay silent anymore. Why? Because potential is crying out inside of them. But somehow it seems like we are quiet and we are waiting for another one's potential to help us. As a church, we are able to win and God is giving us our heartland and we are asking God, give us 30,000 disciples. 30,000. We are only 1,000 right now. It may seem impossible with our natural eyes. But we are well able. Oh, I wish that there was somebody who would say an amen somewhere. (laughs) Caleb was speaking to Israel after the 12 spies had been sent out into the land of Canaan to look at the land, the mighty land. And as they came back, they came back, 10 of them with an evil report. And they came and said, that land is fantastic. It is beautiful. Oh, the fruit is nice. But there are giants in the land. Oh, there are people who, when they look at us, will look like grasshoppers in their eyes. I don't know how they could have known that, because they could never have been in the giant's eyes. But they went with a poor report. Caleb came back and said, no, 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 no. no. Let us go up at once to possess it. For we are well able to possess it. And I want to say this morning, K3C, that we are well able to take 30,000 people in this place that God has given us as our heartland. We are well able to bring in people unto the harvest of Jesus Christ. We are well able. We can take possession of it. We can do it as a church and even as individuals. Our ability as believers is not in any doubt. You are not in any doubt weak. No. As a believer, your ability is not in doubt. Why? Because God is with us. If God is with us, who can stand against us? If God is for us, who can be against us? I mean, these are the questions that are there in the scripture. Our ability cannot be in doubt. But what actually holds us back? It's a thing called pessimism. It's a thing called fear. When we begin to look at the circumstances of our lives, we are pessimistic. We're thinking, no, this cannot work. Or this or the other, something, some fear comes about us. No. And we end up finding that we are stuck. We are stuck and able to move and waiting for somebody else to move on our behalf. I want to say that this message today is to get us unstuck. Is to move us from the place of stopping and getting stuck. Now is the time to take advantage of the opportunities that are there before us. Touch your neighbor and say, now is the time. Now is the time. Now is the time. And I want us to look in the Bible and read from Luke chapter number 10. This is a wonderful story. A wonderful story. And uh, therein is a question, and I, I think I want us to read it together. As we read it together, always and ever read the scripture, I know that truths jump out at us. Some of us, as we read scripture, out aloud. In fact, the Bible says that we need to be reading it aloud, that we may hear it with our ears. Um, I want to challenge you In your prayer time, in your closer time Read the scripture aloud There is something that it does When you hear the word It may not, it's it's from your own mouth But you hear it as you're reading it It becomes alive It becomes alive It it becomes a little more I, I, I find it more intriguing Whenever I read, when I read aloud and I hear myself Oh, something I feel like I want to start jumping Anyone here? Read, Read aloud Okay, here it is. Luke chapter number 10, verse 25 to 37. And a lawyer stood up. And there were lawyers those days. And put him to the test, put Jesus to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said to him, What is written in the law? What does it, how does it read to you? And he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, Jesus said to him, you have answered correctly. Do this, and you will live. Let me just make a couple of comments regarding this. The lawyer was actually a person who was an expert in the Mosaic law, an expert in the law of Moses. The law of Moses, when you, when, when you look at the things that Moses had written, he had written... Uh, Deuteronomy, Numbers uh, the law, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, Numbers the law was founded in, in, in those places and, and, and this man was an expert it means that he knew the law to be an expert he knew every tittle every, every comma every, every, everything. he knew it, he understood it and therefore when he was, putting, he was putting a question to Jesus he was testing Jesus and Jesus asked him back how do you read it? You, who is an expert? And he came back with an answer, which is actually found in the law. When you read Deuteronomy chapter number 6, verse 4 and 5, there is the famous shema that the Jews, every Jew, whatever it is from those days up until today, they still recite it two times a day. If you are a, a, a true Jew, you need to recite this shema twice a day. And what does Hashemah say In in Deuteronomy 6, chapter 4 and 5 It says, hear, O Israel The Lord is our God The Lord is one And then he goes on to say You shall love the Lord your God With all of your heart With all of your soul And with all of your might That is the beginning part And then the second part This lawyer, who is a Mosaic expert Comes back and talks about Leviticus chapter number 19 And verse number 18 And it says this, you shall love, or you shall not take vengeance, nor bear any grudge against the sons of your people. But you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. Now the lawyer came up and summarized ten commandments in those two words. Those two things are a summary of the ten commandments the first half of the 10 commandments talks about god you shall have no other god apart from me you shall not create craven idols or images you know all of this the first four commandments are about god and loving god the next are about your neighbor and this is this is what it is the summary of the law in those in those verses and he says that the lawyer was right and jesus tells him you're actually right and then we go on reading from verse 29. But wishing to justify himself, the lawyer, he said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? That's an interesting question. Who is my neighbor? Can you ask your, 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 your neighbor? Who is your neighbor? <laughs> is that... Did you get a response? you get a response there? Verse number 30. Jesus answered him. He replied, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among robbers. And they stripped him and beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. Verse 31. And by chance, a priest was going down on that road. And when he saw him, He passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite also, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan who was on a journey came upon him, and when he saw him, he felt compassion, and came to him and bandaged up his wounds, pouring oil and wine on them. And he put him on his own beast and brought him to an inn and took care of him. On the next day, he took out two denarii, and gave them to the innkeeper, and said, take care of him, and whatever more you spend when I return, I will repay you. Now which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell into the robber's hands? And he said to him, the one who showed mercy toward him, Then Jesus said to him, Go and do the same. Go and do the same. The question you see here, the man who was a lawyer asked a question. He asked Jesus, Who is my neighbor? He wanted Jesus to define for him who his neighbor was. He wanted a clear definition because he imagined... That he had already kept the first half of the commandments Love the Lord, Lord your God with all your heart all, You know, he felt he had done that So now he, was, he wanted to be justified Tell me who my neighbor is Then I can tell you, if I, if, if, you know, I, if I have done well But I want to tell you that That is not the question that Jesus actually intends Jesus turns it around At the end, you find him asking Who proved to be a neighbor To be the man To to, to, to the man who fell to the robbers Whose neighbor Are you? The question is not Who is your neighbor? But the question is Whose neighbor are you? As we go through this You will begin to understand the difference You see, this story is a is a parable. And parables always have some hidden theological uh, things, uh, a meaning. It was not necessarily hidden, but it's hidden to people who are unbelievers. There's a theological meaning that comes forth. But there's also a very literal meaning. And today I want us to go into this looking more at the literal. And we will intertwine it with the theological. Why? Because... Theology that does not result in something that is tangible in your life is useless theology. If your theology will not make you a better Christian, if your theology will not make you give glory to God, that men who know you do not give glory to God because of your theology, then that theology is wrong. It needs to be thrown out of the window. Because good theology will always lead to something called doxology. Good theology brings glory to God. For you and me, we need to look at our lives And begin to ask ourselves Are we Are our lives Reflecting The glory of God When anybody knows me, do they see glo- The glory of God in my life Do they see The actions that I take As bringing glory to God Or do they bring glory to myself The story is this The man was coming from A place called Jerusalem Jerusalem and Jerusalem was uh, one of the highest places in Israel. In fact, it was like up to 3,000 feet in elevation. For us as Kenyans, we think that that is very poor. 3,000 feet is not, is not big. For us in Nairobi, we had 5,000, uh, is it 5,800 feet? We are already breathing very thin air. No wonder our athletes are very strong because we, you know, we breathe thin air. We're used to thin air. Therefore, when you give us that heavy one of, of, of the coast, ah, we, we breeze through events But Jerusalem was up Jericho was About 3,000 feet lower And therefore when anyone was leaving Jerusalem They would have to go down a very steep path To get to the place called Jericho And Jericho was 17 miles away from Jerusalem And that road was very steep Very windy And had rocks and jagged places All around As you're walking on that road That road was a dangerous road It was perfect for thieves to hide Robbers to hide and wait And wait for for people who are passing Happen to pass that way It was known as the blood pass You know any road that is called blood pass Is a road that uh, is dangerous Have you ever driven in a place And you've seen black spot? Kenyans Are there Kenyans in the room? Uh, black spots. There are some black spots that you know when, you, when you're there. If you look at Sachanguan, is it Sachanguan? Up that hill, down the hill there, there's a black spot around there. Why is it black spot? Because accidents frequent that place. When you go there, there are accidents that are frequenting that place, and you know that it's a dangerous road. They tell you, do not overtake, but you still see some Kenyans over. Kenyans. I don't know what happened with Kenyans. But these people on this road It was called the blood path Blood path Because the thieves had been there From the time For years upon years People would be mugging Stealing from people in that place Do you know that uh, A thief and a robber are different A thief will take from you when you don't realize You have been ever in a matatu And somebody Poconias, you of your wallet or your phone. Fo- you know, two hours later you're checking. Ah, what happened to my you didn't realize it went, it went. That was a thief. A robber will face you head on. Head on. And you will know that you have been robbed because he will leave you, she will leave you with some mark somewhere. Growing up we lived in a place called Woodley. In a place called Woodley, we used to have a big field behind our house. And the big field uh, if, you, if, you, if, you, if you walked about uh, two kilometer down, was Kibera. When it came dark time, we always knew because there were people who were waiting for others in the field there. We always knew that at some point you'll hear woo. When you hear whoo, you know you just time with your watch. Give it a few minutes, you'll hear the footsteps of someone. He has escaped. He has been robbed and he has arrived. He is, he, is, he, has, he is sometimes without clothes, but he has arrived, he is saved. <laughs> we knew it. It was, it was known. It was, it was a known thing. People are, these thugs are crazy. Here, the Bible says that these were depraved people because it says that they stripped him. And if you read in the in the Greek it says, and they beat him continuously. They don't just beat him. They beat him continuously until he was half dead. They stripped him. By the way, you'd think that after stripping him, they have removed his clothes. Maybe they didn't want his clothes to get the blood. So they removed the clothes from him. And then they beat him, beat him, beat him, beat him until he was half dead. How depraved are people? If they steal from you, can they not just leave you and tell you, I, I end. Now you go and hide in the bushes as a naked man and wait until some somebody helps you. But these ones are, they took his clothes and they beat him, and beat him continuously until he was half dead. Bible tells me that by chance, by chance, verse number 31, by chance, two people came along. He was half dead. He was possibly in and out of consciousness lying there. And I want to suggest that maybe he opened his eyes and he saw a priest coming his way. And he thought, hallelujah, a priest. Ah, help has come. Oh, only that the priest came and looked at him, and the Bible says, went to the opposite side of the road and passed. Bible continues to say, the second one came, a Levite, also another person of faith. These were believers. And the the Levite comes, has a look at him, he probably thinks, ah, oh, maybe that one was too was in a hurry now. I am okay. The Levite comes, does the same thing, goes to the opposite side of the road, shoop, and goes away. There are people who call themselves believers. But again, as I was saying, that if your theology is such that it does not reflect in your life, then I want to tell you that your inaction betrays you. In Kenya, here we normally have said that your name betrays you. Uh, Are there Kenyans in this room? Your name betrays you. But here, in the scripture, I want to say that your action or your inaction betrays you. You may say that you're a believer, yeah, I'm a believer, believer," but we know you by your fruit. If you see these things and you pass, we know you by your fruit. I want us to interrogate why these believers could have passed by. And I have put a series of, of possibilities as to why they could have passed by. One of them is this. That, that road was dangerous. There was danger all around. There was danger. And everybody knows that road It is called blood pass. Hey, there you don't dilly dally When you get there, even if you see an incident, go. Have you, in your life, been in dangerous places and seen issues and passed because it is dangerous? Are there believers in the house? Or do you want to talk to your neighbor? Dangerous. It is dangerous. So we don't stop around. The second thing, perhaps they thought this man has faced the judgment of God. He has been judged. Maybe he was a thief. Maybe he was he stole. Maybe he was corrupt and now he has been found and the judgment of God has arisen. So let us pass by. Ah, let God deal with him. Eh? Perhaps it's a trap. Here in, 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 in our in, in Parklands, I have heard of, of, of several incidences where a woman with a little, a young infant, is at, at 10 o'clock at night, is waving people down. Waving people down, and you go and you think you're going to help, and whoo, you land into a trap. Could be a trap. What else? Maybe they were late. They had appointments where they were going, and they were late. Now they're saying, ay, ay, ay. no, 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 I can't. I, I, I just can't. I can't handle this. I need to go. Maybe they just <laughs> said this and this one is a favorite one. I can't help everyone. Not everyone. No. Um, even the Bible says that the poor will always be with you. I can't, I can't help everyone. So I see this one. Ah, let me just go. Have you ever thought like that? Don't put your hand up. <laughs> because I know that you have. Same as I. I can't help everyone. Another one maybe thought, ah, he's dead already. They didn't even give enough attention. He's dead. Let me just go. It'll be too much trouble if I take them. Because if I take them to the hospital, oh, they will ask me, is it you who hit him? Was it a hit and run? Ebu put in this thing and go to the police and report to the police. Then I've got paperwork to do. Oh, no, I don't want that paperwork. Let me just pass. Today, (laughs) there's a favorite one, which I didn't put there. I will pray for them. (laughs) Jesus, send somebody, Ah, send an angel to come and do something there in Jesus' name, and you are on your way, you're going. Hello. Bible tells me that there was a Samaritan, one of the people groups that were hated most by the Jews. The Samaritan came by. In fact, there were people who would be voted as least likely to help. It was the the Samaritans. He came by, and the Bible says he saw him. And the next thing that is most important is this. He felt compassion. He felt compassion. He stopped. He diagnosed that situation, the condition of this man who had been beaten. He assessed his need. He then went on to treat his wounds with oil and with wine. He bandaged him and then he took him to a place where he could recuperate. Care could be given more to him. This was a Samaritan. The Samaritan used his time, his efforts, his money to help a stranger, Nay, to help an enemy. To help an enemy. He was willing to dirty his hands and to get stuck in the daily, in the business of doing good. There is a business of doing good that you and I as believers have got to be able to look at and to see. We must be willing to get our hands dirty. See, in the day-to-day living that we come across, we come across issues, always. We come across people who are needing assistance. We come across uh, things that need to be done but more often than not, we elect to wait for somebody to actually do it. Somebody else, do it, not me. Somebody else, do it, not me. And therefore, sometimes we get stuck in this position. We get stuck waiting for somebody else. This message today is to try to get us unstuck. That we can begin to reflect The glory of God in our day-to-day lives. That our theology may be seen in the things that we are doing on a day-to-day basis. I want to suggest some practical things. And this sermon today is going to be very, very practical. Some practical things that we can do that can maybe move us forward. To move us away from waiting and waiting and endlessly waiting for somebody else to do it. Because inside of you is great potential. Inside of you is ability to change this world. All it requires is one day. Last week we talked about seizing the day. You are able to seize the day. You are able to make things happen so long as you choose to. I want to talk about four organizations that are working within this church, and I know that there are many others, but I just highlight four of them. And these four organizations, I want to tell you some of the things that they do, that you and I may begin to feel that we need to move forward. The first one of these organizations is called Kiwana. Kiwana. You see, in the society, in this community that we live, there are many things that are happening on a day-to-day basis. There are things that are happening, and we see them. And sometimes, we don't actually act upon them. In this community, where you and I spend the majority of our time, there are issues of service delivery that we cannot see, and we, we are wondering, what is ever happening? We are in this county. We are in this place. But we are wondering, whatever happened to service delivery? You look at the roads. They are potholed roads. Our roads are so potholed. You wonder, is there who is in charge of these roads? Who are the people who have been give, given a responsibility on these roads? Who are they? They are potholed. Sometimes you see people coming to work and you wonder, have they finished? They leave sometimes roads halfway done. And you wonder, "Uh, what is happening? We drive our cars on those potholed roads and you're saying, can somebody do something? Is there somebody who says that? Can somebody do something? We find that there's intermittent water supply. There are some people who are known to switch off the water supply. That their trucks may bring water. We know it. Perhaps even we know who they are. <laughs> but we are saying, hmm, can somebody come and do something on our behalf? Because these things are too much. They are bust sewers. We are driving, walking in sewerage. Why? Because people have not planned. Buildings are coming up, high rise buildings are coming up. Did they not know? When they are when they are accepted to put up these high rises, that they will use there should be a sewer system that should, should accommodate these things. Who is it who is who is dealing with these things? Oh, sometimes we say, Oh, let somebody else do that. Oh, may somebody in it the in, our prayers are informed by. We are praying. Oh God, send somebody. Where are they going to come from? I wonder. Where are they going to come from? I wonder. Send somebody to come and to help us, to come and to do these things, to come and to sort out all oh, our, 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 our power supply that is intermittent, running left, right, and center, and we don't know what to do. Our insecurity, we look at insecurity, motorbikes are now being used as weapons almost in this place. People are being robbed left, right, and center. Because it has not happened to you, it, you, you, you are quiet. The day that it happens to you, you will be jumping up and shouting. But you see, you will be alone. Because what are we waiting for? Somebody else should come and take this thing and do it. Somebody else should run. Somebody else, who is going to do it? Kiosks, mushrooming everywhere on on the road reserves. They don't even have sanitation facilities. You wonder how this man is staying there from 7 o'clock until 8 o'clock at night. Where do they go to help themselves? Even after cutting your skumawiki, you wonder, hey, you need to cook your skumas very well because there's potential of disease, hazard. Your theology needs to be seen practically. I don't know if you hear me. Now, there's this organization that is called Kiwana, it has come up. It is uh, basically Kileleshua Ward Neighborhood Association. And they are coming up and they are saying, listen. We need to take up this thing that is, that is running around us. This Kileshua Ward Neighborhood Association is an organization of people who live in this place. Of people who are walking in this place. And they're saying, listen, let's come together. Our constitution gives its citizens the power to determine how they will be governed. It gives us the power to determine how we will be governed and what is to be done. And listen, Our heartland is here. This is our heartland. You and I live here. It means that you and I, who are majority here, can have say. We may stop. There are a few people in some places who are holding on to things that we ought to be seeing on the ground. And you and I can come together and we can have a voice that we can cause there to be a difference here. Why? Because we are believers. I don't know if you hear me. There is a way to do things. And it is not to wait for somebody else to do it on our behalf. It is for you to rise up. Kiwana is saying, "Bring if you live in these places, sign up. Sign up and be a member of that Kiwana. That your voice may be heard. As soon as Kiwana has a big number of people, a big number of voices, it will be heard and this place can change. It can change. I don't know if you hear me. It can change. If you are willing to get your hands dirty and say, no, I am tired of these things. I want to hear, and I want to see things happen. Listen, Kiwana, I am actually the chairman of Kiwana. <laughs> I am saying this, I am only holding it for, the, for a little brief, for a little moment, until somebody more passionate than I comes, then I will hand it over. But the reason is this, We need to be seen. We need that the Christ in us be felt. We are many, but yet we are alone in trying to do things. You cannot do things in your own corner and expect that it be done. If you come together, we can do great things. Who's your neighbor? Are you caring about your neighbor? Are you caring about your neighbor being mugged? Are you caring about your neighbor? All of these things. If you care for your neighbor, Join together and let us move this thing forward. Listen, today is not a Kiwana day, but it is, we are saying this, that there needs to be some things that we do that will show our theology, that will demonstrate the glory of God here by the things that we do. The second organization is here, and it is, it is called uh, Doby Women. I know that in our our estimates and our walkings about, you have seen many women always sitting on the side of the road, waiting to be employed. There are many who are waiting to be employed, looking for jobs on a day-by-day basis. Why? Because unemployment is a big issue in this country. There is a woman here by the name Grace Who has looked at these things and she has walked by And she has seen women left, right and center And she has felt compassion toward these women And she has now provided a place For them to be trained The women who are over here, seeing them on the streets To be trained in cooking, cleaning Saving money And even basics in law So that they may know their rights There are many women who are here. Some of them are are waiting for employment. Others are waiting for other things to sell their bodies. And they are here among us. She has taken up. You see these white containers at the back of the church here? That is Dobby women. And they are training people. Some of the helps that you are taking from the streets there have been trained by her. Right here. There is something that she is doing. She has looked and she has said, no, there is something that I can do about this. And she is doing it. Through much trouble, through much pain, she is doing something. And we bless the Lord for such people. Who are saying, no, what I believe must be seen. My theology must be seen. I cannot just be quiet. I cannot be waiting for somebody else. There she is. If you haven't seen her, oh, I don't know if you can see it very clearly. That is grace. Grace. I Tell you these things to encourage you that you may also say, No, I need to participate. There is another organization, the third organization is called Still a mom. Still a mom, you may have heard of, uh, of Still a Mom. Still a Mom is, is led by one Wanjero uh, ki, um, what's her name? Ooh, Kihusa. Wanjiro Kihusa is part of our, of our church here. She had gone through issues and of, of, of of giving birth and, and she went through the pains of losing uh, uh, an unborn child. And she said, No, Lord, maybe you gave me this so that I may be a help to others. And there are many people who are losing unborn children or even having stillborn, having or giving birth and, and, and the child dying. There are many. But you see, many... There are many among us But there are not many that are known publicly Why? Because it seems like it's a private thing Sometimes people deal with their grief Privately Why? Because nobody had ever known that there was a child Some people didn't even know they were expectant But they lost the baby And therefore they, they need to start explaining to people All oh, this and the other And their troubles Her organization has helped Over 2,000 grieving parents Over 2,000 Why? Because she felt she had to do something about what she was seeing. She stopped. She had compassion about people. I don't know if you remember this story of a certain young lady uh, who gave birth or she had quintuplets as five children. She didn't even go for a test. She hadn't gone for any what do you call them? Prenatal tests. She hadn't gone for those ones. But she delivered two children at her house in, at, at, in, in a home rural, rural area. Those two died. They realized that there was some more still inside. They took her to Homer Bay. She gave birth to three children. All of them died. And the, it was in the newspapers. And we were reading it. Some of you read it and we knew it. But there was somebody who read it and it gripped her. She held it and said, no, this should not happen. And she went all the way. Got a hold of her and took her through counseling. Recent report was that she came from there. She was now living in Kitengela. This same lady, now having been gone through these pains, she was blessed. Oh, we need people like Wanjiro Kihusa. We need people who would be able to stand up and have their theology makes meaning that people may know that there is a God in heaven. Still a mom is moving. And we have heard the fame of Still a mom around the world. Actually, Still a mom is known around the world. And the person who started it is part of this congregation. She's right here. There is Tandaza Trust, the fourth organization. And many times we limit our kindness to the people who we deem worthy. When we walk the streets of Nairobi, we see street people. Many of them are not clean at all, yes. Many of them are hooked on to drugs and other things. Many of the times we meet them, we want to cross over to the other side. Want to cross over to the other side. You see, all the street people who are in Nairobi have been badly hit by circumstances. They have been badly hit. Many of them And not on the streets because of their poor choices. No. But it is just because life has dealt them a really bad hand. Having said that, there are some more in the streets because of poor choices. And you know that choices have consequences, isn't it? But they are men and they are women. Just like you and I are men and women. And God gives us chance after chance not second chances, not even third chance, Innu- innumerable chances, one after the other, God gives them to us. Do you think the street people in Nairobi deserve a chance? They do. They do deserve another chance at life. One man who started this, gave us the blueprint of this Tendaza, uh Trust, is one man called John McEyall. And John Makayo used to, he comes from Tanzania. He used to walk in the streets of Nairobi. And every time he walks in the streets of Nairobi, he bumps into these street boys, street men. And as he's walking, he felt compassion. He says, no, there must be something done about this. Some of us were living, me included. We'd walk in the streets, and when we see the street boys, and we'd eh, talk, talk up. Don't, don't want to see. He was, he had compassion. And he would be buying lunch for for them every single day. He would would meet them and buy lunch for them. By the way, finding a place to buy lunch for them was even a challenge. Because they are dirty, they are smelly, they they are rowdy, everything. So he had to go to places where they would be accepted for him to buy them lunch. One day, one of them came to church. Came to church. And as he came in, he went and sat at the back. And when he sat down, he plumped himself right at the back. All of a sudden, the people who were sitting on the line there began to realize eh, there is a presence, and it is called the odour. Have you know the odour? There is a presence here, and people stood. Others went to that side. Others went to the other side because there was an odour that was emanating. He had not showered for some day, for weeks, and maybe, I mean, it's not known, but he had come to church and he sat there, and as he sat he realized that the word was coming forth. And as the word came forth, the next week he brought his friends. And he was now coming with friends. I remember one congregant came to me and said, this is dangerous, pastor. This is dangerous. I cannot allow my children to be seen in this neighborhood now when street people are coming to this place. He said, no, but the church is for the street people. Just like you and I, we need to be given a second chance, a third chance, a fourth chance. That man came. And one day, after I think three weeks of coming to, into church, he gave his life to Jesus. Because of a second chance. Now, if you see him, he's a pastor at one of our churches in Kawangware here. He's a pastor. I tell you this. that There are so many things that we can do. There are so many things that God desires us to do. When I tell you there is potential, there is tremendous potential in this room to cause there to be a difference in this country. Tremendous potential. It is just pouring out. But you need to make a decision to step out. You need to step out and say, I I believe, in fact, who is my neighbor? I will be a neighbor to anybody. You see, when you start asking who is my neighbor? You will want to move to some powerful neighbors. Me, I want to be a neighbor to State House. I want to be a neighbor there. Because when I have a problem, see, I just knock on my neighbor, neighbor. See, you can assist me. I have found some issues. I want to be a neighbor to some who is the CEO of Safaricom. I want to be a neighbor to such people. But Jesus asked a question. Whose neighbor are you? That's the question. Whose neighbor? It means that anybody can be your neighbor. It's not for you to choose. Anyone can be your neighbor. That man who was beaten by thugs. The Bible says, who was his neighbor? It was a Samaritan. Who was his neighbor? I want to encourage you to rise up rise up. Stop waiting for somebody else to do anything. Rise up and begin to utilize that which the Lord has given to you. Rise up. Take up this that the Lord is doing and wants to do in this this community. Take it up. And I know that the Lord will bless you and will bless me. Now is the time. Now is the time. There is an opportunity that if you rose up, it will be written in the annals of history that there was once a certain person who lived in this place who attended this particular church and we remember him and we know his God because his theology matched with his life and his living. If we open our mind, there's one big lesson that we're gonna find. You gotta love.